Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This week on the Silicon Valley After Show, we deal with artificial lips on robots and humans, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I bow down to the overlords. The overlords. Girl Talk. Any of you guys Girl Talk fans? Or is it Eric the Architect? Yeah, from... Uh... Flatbrush, Flatbrush Zombies. You're an Eric the Architect fan. I, I am. I am a Girl Talk fan. I saw him in college. I have, great. I've never seen uh, Well, guys, speaking of art, <laughs> it's, it's nice. the Silicon Valley After Show here on After Buzz TV. As I mentioned, we're covering facial recognition, um, written by Graham Wagner and directed by Gillian Robespierre, of whom I'm a huge fan. She's normally a film director, but she's directing TV now, which is pretty cool. And we're going to get into it today, but before we get into specific details, I'm started by a panel of brilliant folks, including Phil Svitek. The only girl talk I like is Fiona. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm Christian Black. Come on, let's slap each other, right? That's a thing. <laughs> and Nathan. I'm Nate. Not Nathan. Na- I've done that before. He told me not to. <laughs> did he okay. call you Nathan? He did. We're moving past it. Dog like it. Nathan. Dog <laughs> Nate Miller. Don't say that too many times, then the AIs will absorb that into their memory and start calling me Nathan. Um, So, as I mentioned, guys, this is Silicon Valley After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. If you're listening in your car, we're actually here on a Monday at 4 p.m. live, and you can always catch us that way, so we'd recommend it. Um, Do any of you guys have the chat pulled up? I was reading we had some fans in the chat last week, and they were not. We're going to pull up the chat for any of you guys who might be there as well. But we're going to go ahead and get into this coverage. Before we get into our topic-specific breakdown, guys, we, as always, have some amazing segments, including Silicon Valley in real life. We also have our news. Phil brought us some amazing news this week. And we get the box of the week. Stay yes. tuned for what the hell that means. Stay tuned. <laughs> we're going to get into it. Um, but before we get into all of that, I would love to hear everyone's overall thoughts on this episode of Silicon Valley. Nate, let's start with you. I thought it was okay. Uh, it had some good, some good laughs for me, but overall, I, I was kind of... Kind of whatever on it. Okay. Christian? Uh, as always, it continues to be uh, Jared's world, and we're all just visiting it. This was another <laughs> banner episode for him. Uh, some very good uh, Guilfoyle moments, too. But uh, the, just the big takeaway is uh, Jared has really gotten to shine this year. So mm-hmm. um, on the whole, it's uh, you know it seems like another one of those connective tissue episodes where next week will be a, a much bigger one, kind of the way last week was. And uh, But for Jared, well done, sir. Yes, Phil, I I can't take Nate's opinion seriously anymore. I think we differ too much. I love this episode. I, I know it's building up to some things. The only hesitation I had was, ooh, are we revisiting season two with the whole deleting of files? Luckily, we didn't go that route, so I was happy. A lot of good comedy, good plot. 
Yeah, I um, there was something kind of um, like moving about seeing this Fiona subplot play out in the way that it did. Um, obviously, this was probably shot and written before any Me Too stuff, but I think there was some you could argue commentary on. I don't know. I just thought that kind of rang in a very specific way. Now that we're in a post Weinstein world, I think that was definitely intentional. But yeah, that's what I wonder though is if yeah. they would have had time to I think so. in their production schedule. I mean, because they shot in the summer, right? Well, chauvinist guys. I mean, that's been around so recently. Yeah, like, right. it's not like it's, no one could have ever. It's thought not. Of it's that. not like it's new. Yeah. 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 It's not. Yeah. It, it may. It may have not been specifically for that that most recent movement, but right. it's of the same vein. It, you know, it's it would be significant either way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah I just it was. I thought a refreshingly feminist perspective to take in a show that gets criticized for not representing females well. Granted, of course, this was a female robot. I guess you could argue that it's a bummer that the best they could do in this case was a non-human, but I'd be interested to see what you guys think in the comments about how that specifically was handled. And we'll get more in detail about all of that as we get into our specific coverage, which we're getting into right now. Basically, the way I want to break down this episode, guys, is by starting about the Richard and Jared of it all with their Bloomberg appearance, then talking about, of course, Ariel Eklow and his robot Fiona, and finally... Gavin's world is, I feel like, how we always um, sort of end our coverage. So let's start by talking about Richard and Jared. Christian, I agree, this was an excellent Jared episode. Um, let's start by talking about him specifically, because we see yet another side of Jared, um, physically and emotionally. How did you guys feel about Donald slash Jared in this episode of Silicon Valley? Manure. <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously... Richard should not really be the one always out there talking about the product on on television or anywhere, in all honesty. Uh, so I think that it's great to see. Like, look, it's one of the, you know, he, he always tries to do these little... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline motivational workshops and things clearly he can talk about the company but he also talks so highly about richard he's actually a great spokesperson now of course he got it in his head that uh you know his nose was too big but uh you know if he if he would just stay out of himself i think that you know he's definitely somebody who can be very successful if if he just wouldn't keep getting in his own way but getting his own way is what makes the show funny absolutely i just think that the fact that Dinesh thought he was a great public speaker and that's what triggered this is the the more comedic side to it all. Yeah, I agree. Were you guys surprised that, the, based on the cold open, I expected Jared to tank? Were you surprised when they like kind of turned that on its head and he actually got featured? Yeah. I mean, I was surprised just because of the way that it's cut with, it, with him just saying manure and right. then it cutting. But... I don't know. Like I, I was when Richard talked. I was not expecting that to go well. Right. I, I figured they would edit that up so it sounded bad or something. Like I wasn't expecting his side to go well either. So 
I don't know, kind of in the middle. But mm-hmm. I mean, it is tough because Richard's theme park analogy actually was one of the best spoken things he's done all season. Right. But it gets completely discarded. Um, I did know that was coming because I read the description of the episode. So nice. it ruined it for me. And I just wasn't I, I wasn't thinking about it. I'm just like, oh, this is the one I want to watch. And, uh, and so, uh, I don't know. I didn't get to enjoy the surprise. Direct so. TV spoiled. You yeah, know, they be, definitely did. Yeah. To be fair, Richard did not actually answer the question. That's true. She asked, when can we expect it? That's true. <laughs> he yeah, just regurgitated really something that he probably had on his mind the entire time. Did but did not actually... But did Jared's question answer it? Well, she he wasn't answering that question. That's right. Yeah. So he answered the question he was given. Yeah. Okay? I Different did look things. it up, and the um, Great Horse Manure Crisis of 1894 is, in fact, a real thing. So props to the writers on uh, their verisimilitude. That's awesome. Um... So, this was an interesting subplot. One thing we were talking about is we were very impressed by the realism of Jared's prosthetic lips. You do have to shout out whoever handled yeah. that. It looked really good. It did. It, it looked convincing and it made me not want to watch. Botox. Uh, well, more happened in this subplot, but I feel like I'm going to save it because Richard does some soul searching, but it connects directly to our next subplot. Which I do is... want to point out just. Yes. This is early, but my favorite quote. Adrian Grenier wants to interview. Adrian Grenier from Delaware's Prada? Of course. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Adrian Grenier stuff because I almost forgot. And I love, first of all, there's some HBO synergy there, right? Because we all know him from Entourage. But no, Delaware's no, Prada. Prada. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. say. I don't even know what Entourage is. Thank so. you. You're right. Um, I did kind of expect him to show up, though. I felt like, I don't know if we'll see him later in the season, but I, I was kind of bummed that he didn't appear. Did you guys think we were going to see him? I thought we would. I think it would have been fun if we had, but uh, I don't think that, you know, there's the line that I I should have taken down, but it's like when when Adrian Gunnier asks you to be on his internet lifestyle show or whatever that quote was, that's not the the kindest thing to him. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe they were having a little fun at his expense uh, because then you start to think like, yeah, when was the last time I saw Adrian Gunnier or however you say it? Uh, The Entourage movie, right? Yeah, I'm sure. So That's why I wanted to see him, though, is because... I was like, I don't know what else he's doing. Because it's one of those things where you do see actors, even in potentially insulting roles, appear, or in, in uh, potentially insulting portrayals, appear on the shows that they're being criticized for. So I just thought we might see him, but... Not this time. Um, speaking of tech, am I pinging it all in your guys' headphones? I think... No. Okay, good. No. As long as I sound good, I'm good to go. Um, I do want to move on to talk about Richard Fiona and Ariel Eklo, though. I thought this was... An interesting subplot. And again, I think they're finding creative ways to bring in Lori Bream and Monica. That got me my favorite quote of the show, which was um, Lori kind of pushing them to pursue this Echo connection with, you're completely within your rights to bitterly disappoint your largest investor. That was a very (laughs) Lori Bream way to influence the guys to make this connection. But um, how did you guys feel about Ariel Eklo? And what did you guys think of Fiona when we first met her? Creepy. Yeah, that's actually what I was about to say. Just the way she looked and moved around, I'm like, that's creepy. So how did they actually do this? Because uh, never replicate this effect because it's it's too much for me. Yeah, I was impressed. Like, they did a good job of, I don't know how they did that, but they really did a good job of capturing, like, the current state of artificial intelligence robots. Like, we're just getting into the uncanny valley, I feel. There's a robot that looks just like that. Not just like that, but very similar to that. That has uh, like full citizenship in like Saudi Arabia. Uh, it happened well, sometime last year. I don't know if wow. you guys saw that. 
I should have. I should have sent the link. Well, to you we're guys. teasing our Silicon Valley diligence. in real life. That yeah, may or I'll may not it. be I'll get it for you next the, week. Uh, that but... may or may not be one of the stories we're talking about this week. So oh, stay tuned. Uh, um, no, it's cool. It's actually, Jules. If you want to quickly pull up a, a photo of Sophia the robot, you guys can see what I'm sure the inspiration for Fiona yeah, was. Yeah, that was the thing for me. It was very creepy. Of like, whoa! Like mm-hmm. it's like not like a joke. Like oh, it's like a doll AI. Like it was like a. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if that was like a, it must have been a person. I right? feel like, like it was a person. It had to have been a person. It, just with some like kind a of bald effect, cap but or yeah. something with yeah. that had incredible facial muscle control. Yeah. Well, when you kind of compare that to Jared, <laughs> both are kind of indistinguishable as far as you know how they act. There she is. So for those of you guys watching on YouTube, you can see we have a video of Sophia, and it's pretty clear to me that Fiona was probably based on this design. Don't you guys think? Yeah. Definitely. Although I can't tell if either one of these people is real in this video right here. Especially so. they used... I'm sure that was in- intentional. I'm glad they have the guy from Midnight Oil here. <laughs> Slash Barry, I think. If you guys are watching that, no, no, like. Is that him? Is that the... I don't think it is, but he looks a lot like... It looks no, a lot I don't like think him. so. Um, but I was impressed by Actually, this. it does look a lot like him. It might be. No, um, either way, I was very impressed by this decision to bring in... Fiona the robot, and I think they did like nail the current state of where we're at with this. Um, and I, I will say, however they did it, I found it hilarious that she was following him through the room. I, even though this stuff was creepy, I thought it was pretty. It, I, I found it very funny. I loved him just walking behind her. Yeah, she's yeah. this terrifying AI, immense you know intellect and he just walks behind her to where she can't turn around and see and, him and, and i like, like the way that room. she clicks like trying to turn around <laughs> yeah. she's, he's just like well i figured out a way to to beat the ai's just sit behind it it was great <laughs> i appreciate the fact that they were able to bring in two i guess ideologies if you want to call them that number one this notion that of course if you're going to build an artificial intelligence it's going to be so you can have sex with it mm-hmm. that's that's been a cliche in so many different places. Um, and then, of course, Guilfoyle. Yes. So I appreciate the, the, the dichotomy there. Yeah, this we were talking about before we went live, but this season has used Guilfoyle very well. I will say, overall, I've been sort of disappointed with the way they've used Dinesh this season. I feel like we haven't really seen enough of him. I think he's being used mostly for gags, like right. the cutaway to karaoke mm-hmm. and then saying, you're going to come see BattleBots with me. You know what I mean? So there have been good jokes there for Dinesh, been. but he hasn't done anything. There's no Dinesh story other than being a roommate and uh, being the, the leaker to the mole. I yeah. disagree. I think he's fulfilling his story balance of being the the yang to the yin that is Guilfoyle. Guilfoyle is constantly doing things that are helping the company right now, fixing problems and bringing things to the attention and falling in line to help the AI overlords. Whereas we see Dinesh on the opposite side, leaking information, you know, giving Jared bad advice about what to do. Yeah, you're right. He's he's not... He, I, I mean, I can see why you would think he's not as prominent, but he's involved in a lot of the things that are going on, especially with the major plot movements. So you would say he's the Jin Yang to Guilfoyle? Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. I walked into I'm very that. happy with that one. I'm, I'm leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> but Nathan, come back. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was good. Um, it, it, it is smart to use Guilfoyle in this way because... Clearly, AI has been sort of a running theme throughout this whole season, and we know that this would be Guilfoyle's take. In fact, I, I found the characters to be at least very consistent. I feel like I've been a, a bit bummed with maybe some of the stakes and plot movement we've gotten being five episodes in now, but 
Like, to use Gilfoyle in this way to bring up Roko's Basilisk, which is a theory in robotics, is genius. Like, that is that is what Gilfoyle would say. And to use Fiona to bring out in, uh, Richard's insecurities is another great example of, like, character-consistent writing. So I, I like the way that the characters have been used this season, but I do feel like I could use a little more engine in what's actually happening plot-wise. I think that's why I didn't really like this episode that much, because especially coming off last one with, with all the mole stuff that was going on, uh, alongside the Christianity stuff, uh, I felt like this time we got much less of what was the forward plot and more of just kind of like sideways. Mm-hmm. Here was what else, kind of building for what's going to come next. But I, I felt like a lot of the momentum that was there earlier in the season that was refreshing wasn't really in this episode. Also, no big head this week, yeah. right? So, Which is a you yeah. know that's like that's, ten that's points every time you're on the show. I know big so, head's not going to be. So I'm going to miss next week apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we see Big Head in the uh, coming attractions. Um, Well, I wanted to ask you guys this. Um, I know we're not necessarily... Some of us are tech-savvy, some of us are not. That's okay. But it just reminded me... I mentioned it in the overall thoughts, the deletion stuff, right? And Mm -hmm. I was worried we were going down that way. It just seems like there's no backups of any kind. And I didn't... Part of it, I didn't understand the severity of everything. I know we lost a couple things, but I didn't know to what extent and what that actually meant. I interpreted it as, like, data was compromised. Like, it wasn't so much that data was lost, but that it was, like, leaked. I don't know, is that not... They said there was some work that was lost. It seemed like a week's worth, so maybe the, I don't know, the backup hadn't been done. I I don't quite understand that aspect of it, but it seemed like only recent work was lost. But if you are, let's say you're on a major programming team and people have different tasks assigned to them, people may not... You know, you might be working on different servers with different tasks, and when you're done with the tasks, then you send them, you ship them to the main server, and it gets married up, and then that's what it is now. So if there's damage that's happening while the stuff is in development, it's not even finished, there's no reason for it to have been backed up or saved anywhere else because they're still working on it. I don't know if that makes any sense. That's how the blockchain works, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are. I mean, mean, as far as that, you know, I, I was... I, I'm, I'm glad I appreciated and I understood it. Like they exposed this this centralized thing that was supposed to be just you know eight companies and to you know when, when Gilfoyle's like it's not possible to have a DDoS attack. Well, it is if you expose it to the entire internet, which was what Ariel did. That bastard. That bastard. <laughs> but was it Ariel or was it Fiona? Phil? Did he expose the internet or was he just DDoSing from his own? Well, that, that's what he did to in order to shut it down. Yeah, okay. you create a DDoS attack, which is denial of service. Right. And what he, he what he did is he exposed it to the actual internet. Okay. See, I that's see. why the actual internet is complete manure. <laughs> that's why we need no the new internet. Um, going back to something Nate said just a minute ago, um, you were mentioning how like last week we got some movement, but this week was sort of more of a character episode, sort of a sideways turn narratively. I feel like for me with Silicon Valley, I'm okay with these sort of diversion episodes, but I don't like when there's two of them in a row. Like, I feel like if we get two sort of character-driven sitcom episodes, that's when I sometimes get frustrated, because I'm like, I, I do want to see movement. Because it does feel like a show who's... I think the strengths of its show often do hinge on plot and stakes, mm-hmm. so... I think that's my complaint is... Sorry. I'm, you're, you're fine. I wouldn't mind something like this if it were to be interrupted by an episode where we learn a lot. But right. yeah, I, I still thought they handled the robot stuff well, and like it's clearly a theme that they want to like um, address this season. And I think they did it in a pretty interesting way this episode. Well, they so. talked about Skynet before. Yeah, you remember? Right. I mean, when Pied Piper was first introduced, <laughs> right? So it's like Skynet. <laughs> yeah, Terminator gone wrong. 
Um, so, good stuff. The one thing I haven't mentioned yet was Phil does not make it to this board meeting about the compromised data because he decides to fill in for Jared's post, which is teaching inner city youth about tech. I like that you uh, called Richard Phil. I, I said know. Phil. You did. I've done this. Phil's always working. Phil's always working. I'm always Phil's working. <clears throat> I've done this three times on that after sh- on this after show. Um, so Richard fills in for Jared's <laughs> post as teacher of inner city youth. I thought this might have been to me the funniest moment of the episode. I don't know what you guys thought. It's my favorite Richard moment of the season because he's so happy. He yeah. finally found people that can appreciate him and he can relate to them. He can talk to a room full of kids. Yeah. And uh, I thought that that was great, especially when he swore like three times in front of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just I loved the idea that that was the outlet he'd been looking for. You know, even even Fiona didn't really give him the feedback that he wanted. But that room full of kids, they appreciate they how pre- Richard's they always were. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Anything else um, related to sort of Richard, Jared, or Fiona, or um, Ariel Ekro before we move on? Right. I, I thought it was creepy. As far as commentary in terms of valuations and money given, I thought it was interesting enough. We don't need to necessarily go into it, but $112 million spent basically on this guy's sex project. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I love the way that Lori, like answers his question of like, do I so do I have to do this? And he's like, no, you don't, but, you know. If you want to piss off your largest yeah. investor, you should. Yeah. And, and she's like, it, okay, it was cool, a right? line that we threw around before we started. But uh, when she is talking about Jin Yang's, you know, stealing everything, if you lose to that, look inward, which is a great Lori <laughs> Green quote. Yeah. Very efficient writing with that character this week, especially. Um, okay, cool stuff. So that gets mostly settled. It feels like the Octopipers are going to still be on board pending their ability to shut Ariel down. And is that name still working, Octopipers? I, I mean, <laughs> well, it's being used. We've kicked Ariel out. Well, so oh, so we're, we're down to seven now, right? Because I think he was the ninth, yeah. right? So No, well, the Christian the was Christian the eighth. Oh, gone. you're right. Yeah. So. so now it's the Septopipers. Oh, boy. We'll see if it sticks. Um, okay, f- before we move on to all the stuff with Gavin, we actually do have an amazing partner that we'd like to shout out. In the very relevant world of tech and employment, it is our friends over at Zip Recruiter. Are you hiring, posting your position to job sites, and waiting, and waiting for the right people to see it? ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applicants you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, listeners and viewers of this show can try ZipRecruiter for free. Oh, you heard me right. That's free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash buzz. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash buzz. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Should Richard have not just gone to ZipRecruiter in the first episode of the season? Wouldn't that have just solved all the problems they had? The show wouldn't have been as entertaining. Well, the irony was that he did. It's just Guilfoyle and Dinesh were... (laughs) It's messing it up. All, all the he sta- had Zip recruited so many good hires. <laughs> I think Nate makes a good point. All the stallions probably were from Zip Recruiter. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of hires of that company, we actually will have two guests next week. I'm going to tease them now. We have Rachel Roos- Rosenblum and Chris Aquiano, who play the two sort of ringleaders of Slice Line and 
who am I missing? Optimoji. Optimoji, thank you. And they'll be here next week, and they'll more heavily feature in that episode. So we can't wait for that. Make sure you tune in. We have do you one. think the Slice Line guy's going to bring pizza? He better. I okay. told him he wasn't allowed in the room unless he did. He doesn't right. work for Slice Line anymore. That's true. Yeah. yeah but he still sensitive. gets pizza. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think they didn't, did with all that pizza? Yeah. He just put it in well, the we can't pay you, but we can <laughs> give you pizza for life. Um, the last thing we have to talk about, guys, is Gavin's World, which has been the recurring C plot of this whole season. Um, personally, well, just to catch you guys up, this is, of course, we have Denpok reintroduced. Um, it was good to see Denpak again. Of course, we didn't know where he had landed. Yes, Chala. <laughs> but he landed in real estate. I love that he's like showing a home yeah. uh, when Hoover shows up. It did look like a nice home, Let's I will say. Sign in first, please. <laughs> yeah, the, the four of us could put our lifetime incomes together and not afford that home. Shout out to Caldwell home. Banks. Caldwell. <laughs> um, but it was good to see Denpak back. How did you guys feel about this Gavin Denpak reunite and eventually reformation of the trifecta? I want new characters. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I, like, he was okay. Like he served his purpose. Denpok is not a character, in my opinion, that needed to come back. Yeah, I, I hear and, you. And 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 with a show that is struggling with sameness and a lot of like lack of progression, I think this was not like it. I don't think it helps the show. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see, and it'll be funny in the end. They'll come up with something. But I don't know. It just seemed like they were like, man, we need someone to fill whatever is their plot. We need someone to play this role. Right? Who can we bring back? Oh, we can. Bring him back. Denpok is a thing we can do. Yeah. It is a little bit of a tired retread, more for the Gavin aspect. It's like he's starting to doubt it all, like, again. And it's like, well, all right, but he already came back from right. that, you know? And it's too soon for him to go through it again. At least that's what I felt. But I did enjoy the storyline. I liked the interaction between Hoover and Denpok and sort of how they played off of each other. But, uh, yeah, it would be great if there were someone else, you know, filling that role in the episode, some new character. Did they explain why he made this decision to move away and have a child and all that stuff? I no, well, he I said it was inexplicable. Just, just, yeah. just, yeah, just because, 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 they wanted because to get, the plot. Because yeah. they wanted to get Denpok back on the show. Yeah. That's why he did. <laughs> yeah, it does At least like... the bear honey stuff was like... Funny. I, I did like the bear honey stuff. That it was, was it, really he literally, he, the, it was just sticky. So, like in <laughs> the uh, bear right. sticky with the bear honey. sticky with honey. <laughs> it, it does feel like when you have such a deep bench, when you have a big head or a um, Christy Mantopoulos. Why can't I think of his character name? Russ Henneman. Is that's the actor's name? Is Christy Mantopoulos. When you have a deep bench like that, it's interesting to pull from your your roster and get Denpok back in the show because he's never necessarily been a comic character. He's more been just a character who drives stories. So if they have a really interesting way to go with this, I'm in. But I think the show has just had a, a quite a few. Like, even if you look at Russ Henneman, when Russ Henneman was introduced as a new character, a new wild personality that is a memorable character on the show, I would just like more new characters. We're five seasons in. Like, we have the the Optimoji Slice Line people, mm-hmm. but they haven't really, we haven't really seen them that much. Right. Like, what other new characters have well, we got, really? Do you think that there was maybe some concern, and when they mapped out the season, was like, look, we're not going to have Ehrlich here, so yeah. let's plug in some familiar faces throughout the year to okay. kind of soften the, that loss. Uh, I mean, that's one I could reason see that. you could come yeah. up with. But well, then there'll be no excuses next season for not new, more new faces. As far as that, the fact that we have yet to interact with Jeff on a more meaningful level, the, the mole. The mole. You know, we don't... Yeah. Like, A, why was he the mole? B, now that he's not the mole... He still has to come in. <laughs> yeah, like, there's so much to play with there. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. 
I think we'll see him again. I think, like, there was enough attention given to him that it might not be till episode 9 or 10, but something will happen with that. I feel like they've planted seeds that they will let grow. But we'll see. I mean, as far as this storyline, just sets up the fact that we're launching the box and we're all Yes. Open. Let's talk about this box presentation. This was funny. I mean, like, that penis joke it has great replay value for me. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel, but I find it funny every time. I, I don't mind a good penis joke. It shows I'm getting form on it. <laughs> but it was new to Deepak, so... That's true. I appreciated his, like... Does it kind of look like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was that. nice to see like Hoover, that. like, not be ignorant about something and just be like, no, we know it's a penis. We're just... Just going. We're just not it. saying yeah. anything. Don't tell that me. Was, that was funny. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I feel like that's mostly our coverage of the episode. Any other thoughts before we move on to some of our very special segments? Um, well, let us know what you guys saw in the comments. I think we were a little more mixed on this episode than sometimes. Of course, we always love this show, but when you have A-plus episode after A-plus episode, sometimes, you know, an A-minus doesn't feel like it quite reaches up. But we'd be interested to see what you guys think in the comments or on Twitter. Let us know. I have a question. Yes. If you're Jared mm-hmm. and he's Richard. I've thought about this. <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm big head, but <laughs> I, I don't know if I am. Uh I feel like Christian. Uh, I don't know how to. Can I be Jim King and Sultan? Can I be Jin Yang? Yeah. <laughs> I could see Christian Jin is Yang Dinesh, right? I think Christian. No. Well, because I got to be honest. He's not foreign. You're Dinesh. <laughs> what? Oh wow. <laughs> I, what? I told you I don't know oh, how to answer any of this without being I'm not, insulting. I'm not dark enough to be Guilford. That's how I feel. Like Nate, I, mean, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I feel like you've got more darkness than Christian. Do you think so? So, so, so he's I'm, more. I'm Guilfoyle. Yeah, I think I would definitely. Yeah, Guilfoyle. I would definitely yeah. say that you're right. Guilfoyle. That's so the only if, reason why. If I, I have to, I be, just want you to be my community partner. That's all. I'm that's talking. fine. Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I think that uh, I do like to karaoke. You know what? I probably am tonight. And See? you need to be yeah. Kumail See? Mangiani. See? Yeah. And if I'm we could be you. any of the series regulars, we want to be Kumail. That's I'm the thing. You. So I'd want to be Oscar nominated for the amazing movie. So I'm right, basically. I think you. I think that's what the takeaway is there. Yeah, is that you're. You're a more competent Dinesh. Um, okay, so I mentioned comments. Don't forget, guys, it really helps us if you rate us on iTunes. Um, iTunes works. Speaking of tech and algorithms, the more ratings we get, the more people see our show, and we do this for free, and we do it as super fans of the show. So if you help us by rating, you're also helping yourself by pushing this pushing this out for us. So you can do that on iTunes. Give us five stars. We'd really, really appreciate it. All right, it's time for Silicon Valley in real life. One of the stories I was going to mention... We need theme music for this. We we definitely could make a drop for it. Um, One of the segments, or one of the um, stories I have was slightly teased by Nate, which is okay. It's good. um, You want to explain what the segment is? That's true. For those of you tuning in for the first time, I have three stories here. Two of them are true and one of them is false. And you guys need to guess which of the three stories is false. I pull these stories from actual, real-life, non-fiction stories that happen in the world of Silicon Valley. Okay, the first one is the story of the self-pausing video game emulator. So, an MIT student created an algorithm where an intelligent player, a robot, could get the highest score possible in any NES game by kind of breaking down how the video games work and making sure that they can put every input in that maximizes their ability to play the game. When this uh, robot went to go play Tetris it eventually just paused the game forever, and they weren't able to unpause it. And it's because 
with Tetris, there's no way to win. So the only way the machine could figure out how to win was by pausing it. And the creator says says that the only winning move is not to play in Tetris. So that's so one of our stories. Very war games esque. Very yeah. war games esque. Exactly. <laughs> the second story we have is the Alexa dollhouse loop. What happened in this story was a little girl accidentally ordered a dollhouse on her Alexa um, because you know it's connected to Amazon Prime. Um, and then the news in that town ran a story about that happening. And on the news, they said, this girl said, Alexa, order me a dollhouse. Right, Unfortunately. Right. The news ran a story on the lady ordering a dollhouse from yes. her Alexa? Yeah. Well, so it's a little girl who ordered it's it. It's a little girl who ordered it. And it's probably going to be somewhere in small town America. Yes. So it, if you've ever seen local news, this okay. story being on the news okay. is not that hard. Not all right, all right, 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 California, right. Okay. Nate. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, in Ohio, this would Sorry. be at the top of That's the right. news. The news, yeah. is, the news there is that she was under 18 being able gotcha. to order yes. on her parents' credit card. I didn't card. realize that. I um, thought it was the mom that ordered it. It was the little. She was six years old. Why is this news? No, that would be like. She's a six-year-old girl who ordered this. The problem was, on the news, they actually said, and so when this little girl said, Alexa, order me a dollhouse, and every single Alexa in every house in that town then ordered a dollhouse. So there were thousands of dollhouses shipped to this town because Alexa heard the news reporter say that. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Great. That's a South Park reference. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Finally, we have... I was wondering South Park... Finally, we have Sophia the Robot, on whom Fiona, we're assuming is loosely based, was actually granted citizenship in Yemen, which has caused many to view the incident as a case study for human rights contradictions, because in Yemen, women can't even vote or are granted equal divorce rights, and yet they give this female robot citizenship. So there's some irony there, and some potential commentary that we can look into about the state of human rights versus, you know, android rights, not only in the first world, but in the second and the third world. Those are the three stories. Two of them are true. Two of them are true. Yes. Yeah. One uh, is not. One is Sophie and the first one is true. The 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 computer Tetris one. Okay. The Alexa one is not true. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. just stretched it way too yeah. far. I would have believed you earlier, but it got went too far when it was everybody in the town. The, because Alexa actually doesn't work that way. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I think the Alexa one also. <laughs> so this is kind of a shady move. The first one's technically the lie because it was it. the United it Arab Yemen. Emirates. I, I said yeah. that earlier. <laughs> Wait, how is that the first one? That was the third one that he said. Oh, sorry. Uh, the, third the, the third one. The third one. one. Was, uh, everybody watching should be looking at Jeff's sheet. It's right. the first I, one on his sheet. Sherry. So, so um, Sophie, the Sophie story is real. The it's Sophie false. story is false because it happened in the United Arab Emirates and not in Yemen. All right. <laughs> I'm... I'm going to say that I think that the fake thing about your story shouldn't be the, the, country, the country it happened in. That's kind of so wait, the Alexa thing did happen. It happened. All right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, look, I don't trust Alexa. I do unplug it all the time yeah. because uh, she'll just talk to you in the middle of dinner. Like, we're not talking to you, Terrifying. Alexa. So uh, that has me even more ca- – I think I might just put it in a box and leave it there now. You're, now you're you evil. That. I'm just going to go know, to your I'm house and start ordering. Yeah, I know. Phil's just going to be like, Alexa – Get a handgun. <laughs> I honestly found three stories I liked, and I was like, I'm going to read all of them. And I wasn't feeling so creative enough to make one up. So, one. so I changed one Damn. word. Shady oh, on my right, part. But right. everyone learned Just something remember today. remember that next time we play the game. All right, we are going to quickly go through some of our news. Phil, take it away. After Buzz TV News. But while we may not be getting a, a Gavin Belson signature box, shares for box did go up by 15%. Now's a great time to buy. FYI, the website's description of the box is be productive wherever you are. Box enables you to securely share files, collaborate, and get real work done with anyone from any device. Sound familiar? I think it does. <laughs> this is real? Yes. I'm oh, not man. making this thing up. I have sources. That's awesome. This is in the New York you. Post. 
Look up the box, New York Post. Shares of box get a boost. Just look that up. (laughs) And speaking of things that are also real, Pied Piper is real. A new decentralized internet, actually we're calling it the decentralized web, is coming. To to learn about building a decentralized web, the show consulted CEO, CTO, and COO of the real world teams that uh, uh, made safe in Scotland. As Lambert says, one of the one of the people, we, they were delighted by being able to offer up advice. It is great that the decentralized web is getting such a high profile thanks to the show. You only have to look at what's going on with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica to understand how important it is to build an alternative internet that gives users control back. So, uh, their other competitor is Anami Mouse. Ooh, okay. So we're getting there's there's competitors already. Competition. There. Um, all right, this one's an interesting one. This this one's the highbrow news I thought for you guys. So, Thomas Middleditch plays a trumpet. More specifically, the AV Club got Thomas Middleditch to play a trumpet. Yep, that's it. Juliet, can you just play the clip of Thomas Middleditch playing a trumpet? It's quite intriguing. Here um, we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad that they're keeping busy at the AV Club. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is before you. Okay. So he's got you, a VR rig, have to do this. <laughs> and he has to just oh, lick like slash play the trumpet. <laughs> awesome. I'm gentle. I like it. Oh well, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it is. All right. This is breaking news. This is we are bettering society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> go low. Play I'm so aware of how it. this looks. <laughs> <laughs> Go low. Go, you, if you like go Silicon low. Valley oh, and you like yourself like. a good penis joke, <laughs> this is right there. It's very phallic. All right, we could pause it. Go you like guys can play the clip for yourselves if you want. It's very entertaining. Um, another clip. We don't have to play the full thing, but just somewhere in the background, uh, Thomas Milditch did attend the Ellen DeGeneres show, where he is a self-proclaimed fan or stalker of the ABC franchise bachelorette oh yeah we actually asked him about that as well so let's just say after buzz got the first hot take on his bachelor fandom before alan but look at that and jeff is also a closeted bachelor fan yeah i uh i produced the show here at the network so i've gotten into it so So you're you're out of the closet i'm out of the closet you let everybody know you're part of bachelor nation me and middle ditch people say we sound alike and we both like the bachelor Indeed, and if uh, if you're just want to get Thomas Middleditch more and more, well, he will be in attendance at the Nantucket Film Festival this summer, where Ben Stiller will lead a comedy roundtable with him in attendance. Amazing, cool! I would love to see Stiller and Middleditch on a panel together. I feel like they'd have good chemistry. Smart guys, indeed. But it's not all about it's not all about Thomas. The show is so much more, and in fact, it's all about Kumail Nanjiani, who has been named by Time as one of the 100 most influential people, earning a place among lots of people. He deserves that. <laughs> he is uh, one of 99. Among Hugh Jackman, Gal Gadot, Nicole Kidman, Jimmy Kimmel, mm. Prince Harry. Look at all these people. Clearly that is who I am on the show then, because I belong with all those people yes. as well. So I'm, I'm glad we established that before this story. <laughs> he is featured in the Pioneer section on the list, which honors people who have broken new ground in their respective fields of work. I get that. For those of you guys who haven't seen The Big Sick, I think it reinvents the romantic comedy, I would argue. That was an excellent movie. One of my favorites from last year. Phil, thank you for that news. Any any thoughts? Any re- Anything? Check it out, guys. All those stories. Um, Nate, you going to go play the trumpet? Uh, <laughs> I think that's a yes. I am not. Okay. 
That's our show besides our last segment, which is, of course, our After Buzz TV predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Film. What do I predict? Uh, well, based off the preview, so uh, we, we do get Fiona being put into the house. Uh, now, what will be interesting is that Big Head owns this house. Yes. So, And we've seen him be awkward with women. Where this goes, I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to kind of see Gavin and, and Richard go head-to-head a little bit more. I think that's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. So that's what I predict. Yeah, I think that that's what we're maybe not even next week, but throughout the rest of the season. I think that uh, you know Gavin is reinvigorated for the fight, and you know I mean he's already wanted to destroy everything in their lives earlier this season, but now uh, I think he's going to be much more aggressive. I don't know where he goes from the box three signature edition, but uh, I think he's really going to step up his plans for. Some new, new internet. Maybe he's going to buy all of Jin Yang's companies in China and then try and uh, make a profit off that. Box four, more girth. Ooh, bo- <laughs> bigger, longer, uncut. Box four. <laughs> Nate, more dick jokes. It's this title. That's South my Park prediction. Movie. More dick jokes. <laughs> it's yeah, um, a safe prediction. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, I still think we're going to see the. Uh, group of uh, coders that he hired that have nothing to do now on the Hulu campus. Yes. I'm waiting for them to come back. I do hope we get a payoff of that because it'll be a missed opportunity if the season ends and we don't see them. I I have a feeling we'll be seeing some more of them because, as I mentioned, we have two guests next week, Rachel Rosenblum and Chris Aquiano, who are going to be here and mention that there might be some stuff with what they're doing in the in Pied Piper. So that's next week, guys. Make sure you tune in. That's 4 p.m. every Monday. Um, we had the chat open today. It seems like it might not have been super active, but we're going to be back in it next week. Tune in live, especially because we'll have guests. So you can ask them anything you want about the show. Ask them if Kumail Nanjiani is nice in real life. I'm hoping he is. I met him and he was pretty nice, but that was five minutes. So they'll have all the inside scoops. So join our chat. And again, guys, we're here every Monday at 4 p.m. I just said it, but you should definitely tune in. Also, this episode is directed by Gillian Robespierre. I got to interview her last spring, and you should check out some of her stuff because she's a, sort of an indie filmmaker, but her movies are very good. If you guys want to connect with me, you can do that online at Jeffrey C. Graham. How about the rest of you? Guys, you can find me on all social media at Dog Like Nate. I'm at Kristen DMZ, Twitter and Instagram, and a few hours from now I'll be doing Marvel TV Weekly, 7 Pacific, right here at AfterBuzz. And I'm at Phil Svitek, and you can also tweet us your questions. And, of course, if you like me and Christian together, we do a show called South Park Weekly, where the yes. dick jokes just keep flying. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't be let down, Nate. <laughs> yeah, all right, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week at 4 p.m. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.